1: It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Back to the show! Do you read Stephen King? Good news! There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network.
2: amazing pod people out there. I am your host Leo Phillips and this is another edition of This Must Be The Gig, your backstage pass to the world of live music. Each and every week I try and bring you a fascinating conversation from the beating heart of the live music and performance scene. That could really mean a musician, a festival founder, a choreographer, a comedian, chatting to an actor about his performances and his favorite gigs, really anyone obsessed with performance in the way that we are. Before we dig into this week's fantastic interview, uh, our constant companion is here as well, TMBTG Studios engineer, Adam. Hello.
1: Hey, how's it going?
2: It is going great. What are you what are you gonna see this week? What are you doing this week?
1: I am going to see uh, Nick Cave live in conversation. Whoa. I suppose it will have already happened by the time this episode drops, yep. but it is, was, and will be totally, tear-jerkingly, heartrendingly wonderful.
2: So should we dig into our favorite feature here?
1: Let's get to the live show of the week. week. Each week we highlight one of the most heart-thumping events that we could find out there in the live music scene. And mm-hmm. we share it with you, our pod people.
2: So for this week's live show of the week, we are looking at Austin City Limits, which kicks off on October 4th at Zilka Park. And uh, that's a hell of a lineup for oh you. Oh my
1: god, yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, Mumford & Sons, Cardi B, Childish Gambino, and that's that's just at the top of the lineup. It gets better as you go down. Also at the top of the lineup, I mean, we're talking about Guns N' Roses, The Cure, Billie Eilish, Tame Impala, Robin, uh, Tom York, Casey Musgraves, Raconteurs, Lizzo, James Blake.
2: Who's at the bottom of the tiny list lineup?
1: Further down, we're talking Orville Peck. We're talking The Beaches, Nilifer Yanya, Julia Jacklin. The Comet is coming.
2: There's so many um, names that we've had on the show.
1: I know. It's it's basically the, uh, this must be the gig festival
2: oh my gosh so we have to make a quick shout out to counterculture because once you get your austin city limits tickets make sure to leave enough room in your belly and your budget to head there and bask in their robin's egg blue walls it is a lovely vegetarian is it vegan
1: i think it's yeah it it might might just be vegan maybe vegan yeah
2: Anyway, it's a wonderful vegan restaurant in Austin. We are not being paid to say this. This
1: is an honest pro bono endorsement. There
2: you go. Counterculture Go. It's wonderful, and it's in a cool little area, and it's delicious, and everybody that works there is fantastic.
1: And if you want to get tickets to Austin City Limits or to any other show out there in the world, you can head over to StubHub via cosradio.lv StubHub. That's C-O-S-R-A-D-I-O dot L-V slash StubHub to find the best selection of tickets to the hottest shows in the world. That's radio dot slash StubHub.
2: Click on that link because you know you'll get into a magical little Narnia portal on StubHub. So just do it.
1: Next, I know you had something important that you wanted to say so we could throw it over to a recording that you
2: made. Sure. moment today I just want to occupy your time and share something with you because if in the absence of this note I start to feel regret that I didn't share it to begin with that's one more thing that's weighing on my shoulders. I suppose I'm not going to get into the details but I will share this. A few weeks ago I experienced once again some targeted harassment toward an interview that I did an interview that might I add was about music, this absolute life affirming thing that we dedicate our lives to. And the harassment came from a number of people who didn't enjoy my accent, they didn't enjoy my female tone, my voice, my opinions, my thoughts. Uh, my thoughts with an idol of theirs who notoriously does not take interviews with press. And I knew that going in, I had strict instructions of what I could and couldn't talk about. I had a strict time limit with this person. And uh, this person enjoyed the conversation so much so that he thanked me for having it, gave me extra time and even shared things he hadn't done before. 98% of our show's feedback is wonderful. It, It makes me Overly emotional and very appreciative, and we just thank each and every person who's inspired by a story enough to tell their own. But what internet people and radical fans don't know is the legwork required to do my job and how legitimately scary it is to be in our current position after receiving multiple death threats I put my heart and I put my soul into this work and it's impossible to grow thicker skin please don't tell me it's normal, it is not normal, my skin will always be paper thin and I will never feel like death threats toward a journalist about a music interview is normal, I don't think death threats about anything is normal hateful comments that either invoke violence or refer to unchangeable things about me are destructive tone policing is actually about your emotions and not mine and has never been a valid critique in this world the lack of self-awareness was astounding and i've worked way too hard to let people who threaten journalists continue to undermine others i am a very good person Who gives up most of her time to help others tell their story in a genuine and unique way. So I won't accept this today or any day. So every night when you go to bed, your time on earth grows a little bit shorter. Do not waste your life away trolling people. I don't mind critique. I don't mind uh, opinions. I love them. I base my entire career on them. But instead, just go where the light is. I promise you it's absolutely worth it so thank you for listening and thank you to everybody who reached out and support it was incredibly touching and it made everything uh, that we've done so far over the last year all worth it so let's go back to the studio mm. This week's interview, our guest is none other than Devendra Banhart, who is one of the biggest names in the so-called freak folk scene. After growing up between Venezuela and the US, Devendra established his musical voice in the vibrant San Francisco scene in the early 2000s, eventually breaking into the national stage with 2005's Cripple Crow.
1: His elastic voice, wildly poetic lyrics, and dazzling compositions registered as iconic and groundbreaking and have created this really special, insular, and radical mm. world. Uh, most recently, Devendra put out the lithe and endearing and mosaic album called Ma.
2: So in this week's chat, I I think... Did I talk to him about his performance at End of the Road? I think I made a note for myself to mention it on the show, is that he had a really special performance whilst it was pouring at Mm. End of the Road Festival. We have another guest coming up on the show where we actually chat about that performance. And I'm currently looking at my tote bag. It is such a special festival, made even more magical by having somebody like Devendra play. And so I suppose it just made so much sense that whatever feeling I had whilst watching him was totally conveyed and confirmed through our conversation definitely so we chat about the maternal inspiration behind his record obviously titled ma and recording for the album in a monastery we also discuss the importance of not over apologizing and adjusting his musical worldview from caracas to the states when he moved as a teenager and that's not even mentioning a surprise visit from the police and we are not talking about our dear sting and company so let us not be delayed. This is the wonderful chat with me and Devendra Banat. Enjoy!
0: A wise teacher, a wise person once said that mm-hmm. everyone's a teacher. Some teach you how not to act and some teach you how to act just looking at everyone as as a as a potential teacher how i want to be how i don't want to be and how my interactions are shaped by their what they're throwing at me how do i behave because that's the only thing i have control over right i really can't control other people i can definitely not control how other people treat us but Mm -hmm. we can control how we behave how we react and that's the real question like when you talk about growing are we and that's and i have to do this every day am i am i um, the question is am i reacting or am i responding right and of course responding is a place to be there's space between what happens and my reaction or what and that's a response Mm -hmm. but a pure Mm -hmm. reaction is typically something i end up regretting and but that's also you know the quote ram does the spiritual experience is a continuous falling down on our faces yeah which i'm doing (laughs)
2: Anyway. <laughs> me too and also but one thing i will challenge though is i do believe that you can teach people how to treat you i absolutely do i feel like there are ways that you can especially within having awareness of your own boundaries just on from a from a self uh, reflection point of view i definitely feel like you can teach people how to to behave around you you know, if you have certain boundaries. I, you know,
0: I, I want to agree. I do. I Generally, I agree with you, but I'll tell you, you really can't teach Americans yeah. to bow. <laughs> because I don't always want to shake someone's hand.
2: Oh, my god! You know? Yes.
0: I don't always want to shake someone's hand, especially if I just saw them cough into it or blow their nose. Yeah. I know it's very very David of me. But yeah. it's like, I I just rather, can we just bow? It takes just, two seconds. We yeah, don't have to die. Or just nod. Yeah. But it's not happening. I can't tell you how many times I try. I'm just going to bow and no, the hands hand your... going I got to rub the hand.
2: Oh god, what no if you around. put what if you put your hands behind your back and so signify that okay you take, like you're taking away the thing that they need you you're disabling i think they would
0: just breach right around no. <laughs> americans will just reach, americans are very good at breach around oh my people.
2: god americans are so freaking weird when did you move when you not wait where did you grow up you grew up in venezuela didn't you
0: yeah but i also grew up in in, in america. america yeah, yeah I, see i, didn't I really grow did up i was like 13 12 13 oh years god. old when i moved to um to the united states so and those are formative feel,
2: formative views. 12, 13. Yes, they are. What, you what about
0: you? I mean, I sense oh, a slight God. accent. I'm very yeah. good at accents. Let me guess, Jamaican or Chinese?
2: <laughs> right on the money. Well done, right chaperoo. No, I'm... Wait, are you good at accents? This is a good test.
0: No, I mean, you know, in my own... and my free time under a lot of whiskey, yes, <laughs> I'm very good. But, um... Are you from? Is it Australian accent or is it New Zealand? Or- it's
2: it's um it's close as in we are both sharing a southern hemisphere. But I am from and very proudly say I'm from South Africa. From I was going to say South Africa was my third option. Well, often. why didn't you go out. for it? What's wrong I with really you? Where that was it. <laughs> And I just spent a month with a South African friend. Ah. Oh. And-
0: I can't believe it. I'm so embarrassed.
2: But I, I feel like I have to roll my R's here in America so that people can just understand me. Just simple things like hello, how are you? I have to say R.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: But when I'm back home, I'm like, yes, like it, brew. You know, I speak like a proper South African.
0: <laughs> brew, I love brew. Um.
2: So wait. So what were you doing in Nepal? Is that a very private question?
0: No, I was. It was half pilgrimage, half, half work. Have you been?
2: No, I haven't. And I just uh, weirdly was talking to a work colleague of mine the other day about a trip that they are planning that I might hop onto. So that is strange and quite serendipitous. Well, it
0: depends on on where you go, obviously, but I, I think it's worth doing. I think it's worth going. I think you must. Yeah. You must, must, must.
2: Because I feel like this is a special magical time before your album is kind of out in the world, but obviously you've been living with it for a while. So, how do, was this timing so that you can get away a little bit before you go on to? No, how much of I,
0: it is, I, I, this actually okay. wasn't so convenient because this is really the oh. time that you're supposed to be preparing to release the record and to yes. prepare uh the presentation of the record, but this is the time that 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 this particular project fell on. i know i'm being a little um vague yeah relatively vague relatively vague uh but but um at the moment it's such a it's such a it's it's still even happening the project is still happening and i'm I'm not really allowed to talk too much about it um, Yes. but it it's a, fine. it's a visual thing it's a visual project
1: what?
0: and okay. uh and <laughs> and I, i'm fortunate enough to be a part of it the people that have asked me to be a part of it are 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 wonderful but they've you know they they really kind of messed up by involving me i think that's the one <laughs> weak element you, of the whole mean? thing is my involvement no. but i <laughs> snuck into it and so that's all I'm saying, but it's okay. a it's a it's a it's a project, and there's a South African person involved.
2: I mean, there you go.
0: Many people from Tibet and Bhutan and mm-hmm. Colombia as well. Okay. And uh, that's what I was. It, it happened to fall upon this entire month, and I've been gone for the month, and I just got back two or three days ago. Um, wow! And so now and i'm in fact the moment we're done talking i have to go to, to rehearsals so
2: you're in it the
0: little um i'm kind of i'm i'm out of it while i'm in it
2: yes you've obviously been making music for quite a while so now kind of getting out of that routine as you said not preparing for the album in the way that you might have prepared before i don't know maybe that space is going to be a little bit helpful cuz going into rehearsal today I don't know. I feel like that's. Uh, I, th- I feel like changing things up is really important for an artist, especially because the press cycle. Even as a journalist, I've been doing this for so long. It's like it gets tedious sometimes. It's like this is a good place to reflect from. Um, I'm almost grateful, even though you don't well, feel like you are. I'm happy.
0: Talking to you. <laughs> is talking to you is an exception, has been an exception. Yes, I've done a press tour. I already did a press tour. Oh. I did a European press tour and now begins kind of U.S. press and then yeah. I'm doing uh, Mexico and, and, uh, and Asia, Singapore yeah. and Japan. But right now, talking to you, this is an the mold has been broken and I don't feel like I'm doing a press tour. So you are That's certainly great. an exception. I haven't done an interview that begins talking about it begins with what we've discussed. It begins talking about how we apo- we over apologize. <laughs> we need to work on it. Now there are some people that never apologize, I know. and they need to work on apologize. I
2: know. You know that's
0: how it works. It's like it's like your your. Uh, ayurvedic makeup are you vata papa pita, and whatever you are is, is, is the thing that you're naturally inclined to so you kind of have to do the opposite to balance it up yeah you know so if you're very vata you need to eat spicy food exactly. because your your environment is that cold cold environment so you need that spicy food to, to balance it out give yourself some heat so those people that never apologize that find a pol- that would rather you know gun to their head will still just begrudgingly, maybe through their teeth, apologize to work on, 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 on expressing because, you know, the apology, there's a kind of this strange relationship between the apology and the expression of gratitude.
2: Mm. Oh, that's interesting.
0: Because yeah. it acknowledges the other person. It's, it's, it's almost like it's good karma, you know, because you
2: I know. are really
0: going to get you're your, your, you're, you're humbling yourself. So for some people, the expression of gratitude or the apology is like very it's like a, it's some display of weakness you know and mm-hmm. um and that and they need to work on that one but I think you and I as far as i can tell we 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 overdo it and so yeah. I think we can also learn to not you know we we can take it so far that yeah. we are just apologizing for our presence for our existence all and that's the time so, so healthy.
2: I know, but I, I feel like there's not... It's not like there's a absence of, like, uh, value and or work, self-worth. You know, like, especially and relating this back to your music, I feel like there's... You have such a specific... You've developed such a unique and specific, instantly recognizable voice as a singer within the, you know, the questions you're asking, within, you know, the tone of your voice, just something as elementary as that... And I feel like that is a lot of what, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of that on the album, weirdly. It does relate. It does relate. Being grateful for something and overdoing it is not necessarily the worst thing that one human could do. Does that make sense? Can't, you know? can't
0: disagree i can't disagree like If that's
2: that. the worst thing you and i are doing every day like fuck okay that's fine you know let's let it it's slide definitely
0: not the worst thing i'm doing but yeah <laughs> that's the worst thing you're doing, then you're doing all no around. wait
2: how <laughs> no tell me so weirdly so this question just popped in my head because i'm interested in it but when you said that you don't want to shake people's hands because of various reasons that i absolutely stand by well, how do you feel about fan interaction? Like, how how close well, do you a, get? That's
0: as too vague. That's too that's as vague as my ch- my telling you what I did in Nepal. In that <laughs> it's a case by case. I'm no. happy to take many. Okay. I'm happy to shake many hands. But I it. But I I I will. I've had many moments where I, where I've you know I've been to the men's bathroom mm. at the airport. That's <laughs> all I have to tell you. I know how few people wash their hands. And I've got a friend who's a geneticist, and Mm -hmm. he's got access to a lab, Mm -hmm. and I I literally asked him to put a dollar under the – it's a classic cliche urban myth, but it's real. And you put a dollar under a a microscope, and it's full of shit, and it's just the truth. It's just the truth. So why do I want to – I just saw somebody holding a wad of cash, and then they reach out to shake my hand. I prefer to bow. Yeah. Maybe that's even more respectful to them. I'm showing them that I respect you so much. <laughs> you don't <have> to say, <laughs> so it's a case-by-case case thing, and but mo- all, most of the time in those circumstances, the, it's if it's in the Western Hemisphere, someone's going to – they're not going to bow with me no. and keep their hands stuck out. And I'll shake it. Fine. Of course. I'm never going to we'll not shake, shake
2: that it, hand. But yeah.
0: That that those that's a that's a that's
2: a specific
0: that's a case specific <laughs> incident.
2: Do you, where I will, why don't you know. we get you a glove? I feel like it would suit your stage performance.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I bought. I always. I in Japan, I buy gloves, and I think I'm going to just wear these like gloves all the time. Yeah. Because no, it doesn't work. It's too hard and California <laughs> But somebody needs to. That's the thing. So some This is when we came up with our one peso idea mm-hmm. of cold gloves.
2: Mm-hmm. the
0: gloves that you put on when it's cold. Yes. And so inside, maybe there's a tiny little air conditioner and they like, <laughs> cool your hand. The cool gloves. Cool gloves.
2: Cool gloves. Hey, I don't want to... We should t- uh, trademark that instantly. I'm telling you, we should go on sure. Shark Tank. Let's talk about something that you mentioned earlier, which was moving to the States in at like 12 or 13, do you feel like a lot of the upbringing that you had prior to that and the music that you listened to, did that shape who you are now as a musician? Or do you find that everything when you were younger uh, transformed, you know, how you approach music?
0: I, well, I think the environment that you're in in those formative years definitely influences what you end up doing later on mm-hmm. or becomes the source. Of um, material or inspiration or something you pull from, and sometimes, or most of the time, or maybe all of the time, Mm. that environment ends up even subconsciously just shaping um, how you approach creating art. And so I don't hear um, the kind of music that I was surrounded by uh, as as a as a little girl. I don't hear that music in my music, but Mm. I'm sure it's there. There's got to be something there. And at that time, the, mm-hmm. the 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 musical environment of Caracas was really just like salsa and merengue. It's kind of the music. That's what you hear. I mean, you hear that constantly, and you hear it everywhere. So I'm sure that that's somehow in there. Uh, just like somebody, you know, just like my friend Rodrigo Amarante you know, he grew up really around bossa nova and samba, and 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 it's not the music that he was like, oh, that's my music. It's just really what is playing everywhere in every right. store and cab and your family and your, and it's just literally pouring out of the streets. And that's in salsa merengue is the, that's that's what's pouring out of the streets of, of Caracas. Not any more, most likely, because there's probably not enough electricity. Mm-hmm for that to even happen because we're talking about a truly apocalyptic situation right now in in Venezuela. Um, But, but that, but so, so yeah, I think that the science admitting it must somehow figure into it, even though I, I don't hear it and I, and I don't know if it's easily recognizable, but it must be in there.
2: Yeah. I feel, but I think that that's something that a lot of people might not know as well as I feel the same kinship because, when I was growing up, you know, I heard African music just playing everywhere. You know, you you walk into a store, yeah. you walk down the street, uh, it's on the radio. It's it's just becomes this kind of second limb. Wait, how many limbs do we have? Well, you yeah, know exactly.
0: when I say formative years, mm. that I I I experienced the the for one brief moment, I mm. experienced how nice it is to have a brain. And be a human being mm, and mm. and and it was when i was it was when I was um probably five and I had learned what the adults were saying I knew what the adults were finally really saying. Mm-mm. I understood English perfectly, and then maybe I'm four, and I really understand English really well, and then suddenly i'm on this strange machine and everything's kind of scary and I know I'm flying in the air but I don't know exactly what that is yeah and it's it's a Pan Am flight or something to Caracas and I'm just I don't have this concept of what countries are and languages are but suddenly I land and I go shit I now lost what the adults are saying Mm. because everyone's speaking this other language and a little bit of time goes by and then all at once all at once I understood everything being said My brain just morphed, it Mm -hmm. adapted, it just kind of was things where there was a lot of room, you know, these neurological pathways Mm -hmm. aren't so, you know, paved, and they're just these like rough roads that are a lot more, they're malleable, and then Mm
2: -hmm. suddenly
0: just in one go, I understood everything that was being said to me or being said in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that was a really powerful moment, I still can Mm -hmm. recall it. And it was, and I really want it was like you can almost observe your own brain and go, wow, what a <laughs> neat little like thing we've got mm. up there.
2: Having that experience, especially when you are younger, as you said, I think formative is such an important word, but also making space for that and then figuring out who you are in that context. But then, so to follow on from that, did you find yourself like, how the hell was it? How did you cope? I
0: guess you just get absorbed into your imagination world <laughs>
2: mm. yeah
0: you know i can't yeah. say that i felt i discovered a community i certainly didn't mm. i didn't feel like oh i'm finally home or i finally belong mm. i really felt pretty isolated and um and yeah. and that's when we we don't escape but we find solace and comfort in in our in the world of our imagination and and music was a big part of that because at a very early age I had this feeling that uh that I could maybe write a song it felt like okay I can write a song and this is a weird way of traveling it feels like I can travel and it feels like it's something expansive about it and um and so you escape into that just making up little songs or you escape into like skateboarding was huge for me too I had a yeah. skateboard and that was and and the world that that represented was huge. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, it, it it was an incredibly romantic thing. It, if somebody had a skate video, we would watch that. And it just, it was another world. Wow, there's this community. And and so you also make friends, a few kids at Skateboard. Okay, now we, 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 we've got this thing that we can do on our own, but we can also do it together. And alone together becomes this big theme. And it's still a big theme in my life. My favorite way to hang out with anybody is they're in the other room working while I'm working in, 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 in,
2: in, <laughs> yeah. in my room.
0: <laughs> oh my you know, alone <laughs> together is ideal. You know what I mean? If you wanna, if you, maybe you uh, can yeah,
2: sure, I love that.
0: just text me if you have a question, yes. you know, but...
2: Just being uh, in your own space and being comfortable. Yeah. But that's the beauty. I mean, I feel that with my best and closest relationships. Like if you can just, if there's absolutely no pressure in even entertaining one another or even yourself, and you just, it's just the company really. But that's how um, non-Western um, civilizations, that's how they are. You just spend time with one another. There's no agenda. There's no, uh, you know, we have to be eating food served to us you know well I, I don't know
0: yeah I mean but also in some in in some cases it's in some cultures it is actually unbearable to me yeah and I will tell you and, and what I mean is I think a lot of people like to spend <laughs> to like be very careful about what I'm gonna say. Yeah. People like to spend time together yes. like just hang out and talk mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours and that is almost
1: full torture to me pause the podcast
2: pause the podcast
1: are you looking at a calendar full of great events but struggling to find tickets StubHub's gotcha Whatever your favorite band, team, or venue, StubHub is here to save the day with the best tickets for any budget.
2: Whether you're looking for a seat at a Broadway show, tickets to the summer's big arena tour, or a night of cheering on your hometown team, StubHub has the seats you're looking for at the price you want to pay.
1: Head to cosradio.lv StubHub or their user-friendly app to find tickets that are 100% guaranteed by FanProtect. StubHub's never sold out, with the most shows, the most tickets, and the most fans.
2: So, head on over to cosradio.lv slash StubHub, or the StubHub app. The best tickets to the best experiences in music, sports, and theater.
1: That's cosradio.lv slash StubHub.
0: <laughs> I'd much rather have so, like yeah. a five-minute and and just let's catch up for five minutes yes. and then go back to our Watch own alone movie. together world. Yeah. But so I need to work on that. That's what I need to work on is the effort to, to like, let's meet and and really catch up and spend a lot of time really getting into it. And that has its value. And it's very beautiful. And it feels wonderful. And mm. at the end of a long hang, you can go, thank you. You helped me. I yeah. told you about my shit. You, you told full. me about yours. And we both have perspectives that the other one doesn't have because you, I can see things about you you can't see. And you can see things about me that I can't see just because I'm in me. I'm in my little me world. And I and I need you as my friend. I need you to point things out to me. And a true friend does that. And so there's a tremendous value to spending a lot of time really just getting it all out there and catching up and talking. That That's something I, I need to work on because I don't do it too much. But I think, like in Europe, that's a big thing. Like, hey, you guys want to all meet up at the whatever place, at the cafe or the bar, and and people just hang, people just talk
2: for hours
0: for to, to like four a.m. Yeah. It's like my it blows my mind. I don't. It's it's, it's exhausting. But it's ex- but it is exhausting. It. I guess. Yeah. It. And I don't want to put it down. But one thing in terms of when you say non-Western. Um, like interactions or ways of, of being together. Mm. I'm not in time. I mean, my, my friends that are, let's say, Japanese or, or even Nepali, um, you don't really, it, it, there's a lot of just underlying love that doesn't need to be expressed so much. Yes, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I say I love you constantly to all my friends yeah, here, and it's too. a little bit off putting over yeah. there, but, but the love is still there. So it's a culturally, you just, it's like you express it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's a very undercurrent thing. You can feel, you can tap into, you can trust as it deals with intuition. But one thing that is always impressive and I appreciate so much and is very stark, is a very stark contrast between here and there is the um, the, the kind of the lack of fear of silence that exists over there. You know, it, you kind of just grow up in a world where, you know, you don't, aren't constantly bombarded with sound. And so you're not, you develop a relationship with silence, which isn't, there's no such thing as silence. Of course, it's just, can you sit with your own mind, mind with your own yeah. thought? Because if you're really just be quiet, if you're quiet, you'll hear, you know, the little sound, a little bit of the, maybe the trees, maybe the birds, maybe just a little distant car. Or very loud, I mean, the point is, it's very, there's really no such thing. Even in a, in, a, in a sound deprivation chamber, you'll end up hearing your own circulatory system. There's no such thing as silence. But the relationship between not having some music or sound constantly happening, it, it, it can either be a torturous one or it can be a beautiful friendship. And we don't encourage that so much in the West. It's like the idea of sitting still or quietness or silence. Is it kind of scary? You know, you get into an elevator and there isn't music, yeah. you can feel the tension. People go yeah. like, hmm, you get into a tab, <laughs> it's quiet. People yeah. are like, can you turn some music on, please? Like, and I, of course, I listen to music all the time, but I just mean that immediate. Discomfort or fear of silence is something that is very prevalent here, and I don't and you don't notice it so much, or you you notice no. a um, an embracing and a friendship with that, and just the ability to just sit with your own thoughts Yeah, over there, it's admirable.
2: But that's the thing that most people strive for. I think, like I don't know, I lived in the Middle East for a few years, and just watching how men, particularly men, they walk a lot and talk a lot together and you can see the there's such a difference between the different genders there um but they just sit and talk but also just sit next to one another very closely i think that the proximity of which of where they're sitting versus the things that they are saying you know are vastly different like they can feel close but they don't need to talk you know yeah because it's in the true, middle they talk true, and, so closely and, <laughs> and it, scream and spit and, it's
0: amazing. It is interesting. It mm-hmm. is interesting. I mean, I wouldn't say that that generally speaking, it's the most kind of progressive, kind of in terms of and um, uh, totally embracing right. all all of this all people kind of culturally speaking. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, it's relatively homophobic and um, re- and I think relatively chauvinistic. But yeah. at the same time, it's kind of surprising and really cool and refreshing. amazing to see like just friends that are guys holding hands you know that's always so nice to see and that's something you see in the Middle East a lot. Do
2: you practice any sort of meditation and or all the things that you're talking about in terms of finding that uh, silence? is that something because obviously your life is full of these dualities you've got this crazy moment when you you know playing live for fans where there's it's that energy is visceral yeah and
0: then you've got... well first can I just clarify one thing though I did just say that like oh I think the Middle East is generally a very homophobic and chauvinistic place I'd mm-hmm. like to clarify I think the entire world is generally yeah. a homophobic and chauvinistic place so I'm not gonna yeah. target anybody and say that some place is more than another I just no. want to make that very clear I no, truly think you. everywhere is pretty fucked up Um, and, and do I practice? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the most important thing in my life has to be is, is truly meditation Mm. only because it creates, it allows for that space between, between, or it it creates an environment where I can, or cultivates a type of space where I can practice respond over reacting And that's really what's happening, right? As an artist, what are we doing? We're kind of just observing and we're writing down what we're observing and reporting. But no, we're really just um, meditating in order to to really create that ground, to create that space. And so for me, it's the most important element of my life. And everything kind of falls into place after that, or I can deal with everything after that. Because the real meditation begins after you meditate. (laughs) Meditation is like creating the perfect environment, an ideal environment is in a weird way actually not very it's not realistic, although of course you can you can go to a cave and you know three year retreats are a very typical um, kind of part of the process of the pra- lineage that I'm a part of but I'm not a very good I'm a Buddhist you know so i'm not but yes. I'm not a very good Buddhist and I don't think I'll ever do a three year retreat but I will do ten day retreats I'll do month long retreats. And these things are incredibly valuable to me. But my daily practice is, is I sit every day for an hour. And I've done it for years.
2: Do you find that that affects, um, or maybe not the word is affects, maybe shifts the way that you approach your music? Because going back to, obviously, I'm not sure when you started writing this new album. But, for example, in this feeling, I, I just feel like we're in a moment where the world seems to be developing like into this weird tribalism versus, like, this, I don't know, utopian idea that, you know, we're going to be united. It, it's kind of, it's heavy. A lot of people are feeling very heavy. I think that's right phrasing for it. But how did you then get into the mindset of writing this album and make sure that it's honest and you've given yourself enough time? Like, how, how were you able to get into that zone?
0: Um, well we were we began the conversation well with how much we apologize too much. so but okay but after that we talked about environment and how important environment we is and how our environment does affect us and so you know in one sense you can create the most perfect beautiful whatever and uh, ideal environment but if you expect that on its own to truly change the situation inside of you it's not going to work right I mean, you can have like the best meditation room with the best Zafu, like beautiful hand-stitched and the best this and the best dance and the best incense. It doesn't, and then you can just sit and it can look like, wow, this person's just in it. But if you really go into your mind, maybe it's just like, they're just, it's just screaming constant chatter, noise, chaos. And so the, so the environment doesn't always necessarily translate to creating the real change, Mm -hmm. but uh, so that's something to keep note of. But, of course, it can it can really be a support system, and it can really influence, it can really help. And I only say that because so often we think, you know, over there, it's better. If I had this, it's better. I mean, that's one of the two most preventative things that human beings have to deal with. I mean, I certainly do, which is these words, which those words are, if only— and 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 someday. You know what I mean? That's kind of what keeps us from actually doing anything or finishing the work or or actually growing in any way or or challenging ourselves or expanding in any in any sense of that word. It's just saying, Well, I would do that if only I that, that. and then it keeps us from doing the thing. And or someday, I'll just do it someday. We have this delusion that we have such such a thing as someday. Um so I just say that as a caveat to to now tell you about the record and <laughs> we began the record in, in, in Kyoto in a temple
2: oh, wow, in one of the okay. oldest
0: Buddhist temples in, in Kyoto and Kyoto of course is home to many many very ancient Buddhist temples and this was a very beautiful one in fact called Honen Inn and we had we had an inn we had a Honen Inn with uh, a, calli- a, a calligraphy teacher who she happens to be friends with the head um the priest, the Kansu of this temple, and I asked her if she would ask the priest if he would allow us to record a song in there. Of course, it's a long shot, but you yes. agree?
2: Wow. And so
0: we we began the record, recording one song in this temple, and um, it was mind blowing. It was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had, and and we're it's just Noah with a microphone and uh and the little tiny recording rig, and I'm singing in a in the in the zendo in the in the meditation hall, and I have my eyes closed and i'm singing i'm singing, and then I open my eyes and it, and at that moment it's just the 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 head priest just standing there in front of me while I'm singing the song and i I just start crying i also i'm just sweating profusely because i'm I'm so nervous, I'm never you know there's played a show for just one, one person,
2: person yeah. <laughs> yeah, And yeah, it's, it's there like that. yeah.
0: Um and it was a really profound moment. And the next day we brought a huge bottle of sake and a nice little donation for the temple as a thank you, of course. didn't we never no one asked, but of course she would do that. And uh they asked us to come wait a second, can you come in for a second just sit in this room and we go to the side little room of the of the temple. And Noah and I are just sitting there and there's nothing in the room, just three chairs and a little scroll. And of course, the, that lack of objects begin, it, it creates some tension. We're wondering what's going on. As time goes by, what's going on? Then you start to notice, oh, the sunlight's pouring in in a particular way. It's actually quite beautiful. You start to settle into where you are. Just like meditation at first, for me at least, you're just like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> stop doing this. And, yeah. Yeah. and then you get past that first little barrier and you start to sit, start to settle in. And then finally he comes in and just sits down, does the same thing, just sits down next to us, We're quiet, quiet, wondering, is he going to say something? And then finally I say, well, um, what does that say? And he just says, pure light. And then he walks off. That was it. That was our whole hang with the guy. And uh, that song didn't make it on the record, but it's Why? how the record began. Uh, it just, we didn't, it wasn't recorded. Just oh my right. gosh. I don't think, I, I didn't play the piano the way, just as, as, it's like we recorded the piano separately and then I was just tracking the vocals in this temple. This is kind of minutia now, but, uh, I didn't really play the piano as delicately as I'd like to. And so we just scrapped it, but it, it set the tone for what we wanted to do with the record, which is something that was really environment based. And so we, we thought what, what kind of part of the country, or at least the state we live in is the, is the closest to where we just were. And, uh, And what part do we want to include in the record? And what part is going to reflect the theme of the record? Which I think early on I knew was going to be about motherhood or let's say even just the relationship between parents and children. Uh, given that everyone in my band started having kids and I, and Uh, I don't have kids and I get to watch them all have this relationship. And I, but I have the luxury of going home and, and writing about it. You know, they, they don't. It's a, it's a 24 hour thing. And so, um, but I knew, I knew, okay, this record is going to be about about that relationship. It it was very clear that we wanted the ocean to be a big part of it. And uh, we, I thought of the most, what's kind of the most, yeah, there's a part of California that's particularly beautiful. And we we recorded in a house with the windows open and the Pacific Ocean is on every single song. It's just inaudible. And on on actually on, on every song i don't think you can even hear the sound of the ocean but it's on every single song there's the pacific is there
2: what what how did that then inform the the ideas behind it because obviously environment can inform you know how you feel how you touch how you breathe but then in terms of being able to add that into the essence of what you were writing about how far did it well, seep into that part of the process?
0: The ocean is, to me, the most obvious primordial metaphor. Not even metaphor, but primordial mother. Let's just call it a primordial mother. And the theme is this motherhood theme, right? This mothering theme. The record is called Ma, which, of course, also is a Japanese term for space. Mm-hmm. So there's, But there's okay. even something mothering about space, you know space is very mothering <laughs> um
2: as in it but, just uh, is, is as in it is around us it is our you yeah, know it is exactly the, yeah okay exactly.
0: right and so that's almost like but it, this can be also a a a metaphoric space you know this could be a an, an inner landscape an inner an inner space you can say meditation is a way of connecting with that space and that's a very mothering uh, activity and then mothering um, kind of environment, you know, and the record itself is called Ma, which is mother in as many languages as I could. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think that means mother in as in the most languages. And this the feeling that, you know, when you're born, you know, there's there's just this one person you call mom. There's ma, this one mother, this one being, one person you call mother. And maybe our work as humans is as we get older, as we grow, to just identify and see mother everywhere, see it in, in, in more in people, in many people, see it in many places, many, many many things. And one of and one of those things could be the ocean, and one of those things could be the moon and the sun, and just just really expansive, um, you know, I, I, to identify mother everywhere, you know, in everything. And the ocean is such an obvious. Um, Candidate for, for a primordial mother. So that became very clear that we wanted to make this record um, in that environment and surrounded by it. And so, you know, that's why it's obvious to, to include the ocean. Um, but that's really the concept behind it. I think it would be intuitively the whole point of that. Anyone, I think, would enjoy knowing that there's this underlying oceanic presence on every single track maybe subconsciously you can sense it maybe you can i don't know but it made a lot of sense with the theme as well it
2: does and it also makes a lot of sense just in like human weirdly going back to what we first spoke about like human growth and everything that you are you know singing about i feel like there is that uh, sense that all of us want to be more like water you know like much more fluid much more flexi be able to move through things quicker Um, you know there's a lot of strength in that concept as well that people can relate to Um, but whilst observing everybody around you having children were you relating that to your own personal private upbringing with your mother and with your family how much of you is in it as opposed to uh, you know observant and discovery from an outsider's perspective because I know well, you're singing, you know, but how much of your, how much of you was in that story?
0: Right, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. That's an interesting question because I'm not sure how much of my own story is is in it. Even though there's a couple songs that I would say this is the story of my life, but really, but 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 I would add to that. This is this in this whole song, for example, taking a page is about my life and I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> so so I can tell you, like, I wrote this thing because it was the way of explaining something that I don't know how else to explain. And it's very much here's my whole life. And I can't go further than than And then this is why I wrote the song. Listen to the song. And that's my life. Exactly. But, yeah. But but I don't know if so much of it is pulling from events of my life other than, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's so much like, actually, that's not true, because it's song the lost coast, which is almost, there's no metaphor. It's just exactly what's happening to me at that moment in my life. Um, but I guess overall, it's really what I would want to communicate to my child. And so there's that realization, you know, maybe I all of my friends have kids. Maybe I won't have kids. Maybe I will. But still. This would be what I would want to tell my kid, and, um, and is my own relationship with my mother involved in this record? I think it always is, and it's in, it's in everything we do, and and I feel like it's taken me a long time to to go from my relationship with my mother to my friendship with my mother, and I think that's what's more more important to me oh gosh, is, yeah. is is respecting that friendship because we end up we usually treat our Sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers, pretty, pretty bad, pretty terribly. We're pretty shitty with them because we just assume that they'll live forever, and And we also assume that we can't really hurt their feelings because they're our brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. Like we can't, you can't break up with them, you can't divorce them.
2: Yeah.
0: So you end up just being kind of shitty to them because you can, and you take them for granted. So. How to, to so so it seems important or a value at least to me to to really focus on the friendship you have with these people as opposed to the relationship because that's this weird thing that gets established with the moment you're born. And, and and you and again you take it for granted. And from that perspective, you know what I mean? You just it's not so healthy for me at least. I I at this moment, at this point in my life, it's really important to just really focus on the on that friendship side of it. Uh and so that's just my own personal thing, I guess. I don't know how it fits into the record, honestly.
2: Does it need to? I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to. I think that just like reflecting on it is so important. You know, I think that just making sure that you are doing the best you can do. I think it's interesting to even talk about relationships in this way. Um, in relation to music, because you have to be so close to the people that you're making music with on a constant daily basis at all times you know you have to keep that those friendships and those relationships really strong so that you can do the best work you can do you know and then sometimes families are put to the side and or not prioritized for certain snippets of time so i think yeah
0: and sometimes we do that with our own chosen families as well yeah we might not have the strongest bonds or relationships with our 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 given families, but with our friends who we have really chosen to be our families, our friends who we call our brothers and sisters and who we treat like family. Sometimes we don't treat them so well because we're so close to them. And and that's something that happens with me and, and Noah, Noah Jordison, who I work with, who I've worked on every record with, and who we've made this record together, we get in we're so close and we're so much like brothers. And it's a relationship that's over two decades. That we sometimes don't treat each other so well, and really hurt each other's feelings, and it's only because we think it's fine. It's my brother, but it's it's not so nice. But it happens, and 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 so but in one important sense, important to challenge, it just happens
2: yeah, and then
0: you get over it, and you deal with it, and it's cr- and it's fine. And and in those cases, yeah, you, and eventually you actually fortifies the relationship. So there's a benefit even to having those exactly things that just happen no matter what. But where it really a, benefit is um in terms of that question that you asked, which is how do you kind of make a record that feels honest, you need to work with somebody that's gonna call it out, call out a line that feels bullshitty. And he has no fear and when it comes to telling me that my line is bullshitty. <laughs> And that's, that's very valuable. Uh, very yeah. valuable it's very valuable, but it's also sore. very painful. It's not what I want to hear. I want it to say like, oh my God, I love it. I want to turn in the demos and yeah. he goes, every line <laughs> is amazing. Perfect. Let's do it. It doesn't no, happen that no. way. I have to go, you know, I do, I, I, it's it just, it's, yeah, uh, it doesn't work that way, but it's,
2: um, and it's humbling and it puts you into a place that weirdly having that conflict and I call it conflict because it's obviously so easy, you know, you can just call it that, but having that uh, difference in opinion is so grounding, actually. And and having that in a creative space, especially, I can imagine, is so good for you, continuing to be this artist and continuing, you know, on this path. Because, again, as I mentioned, it's not like you've been around for a year. You know, you've been around for a while and creating for a long time. (laughs) To go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier in terms of, like, you moving and things like that. I think that that's a really interesting space for me, I suppose, to wonder about what your first concert was that you ever experienced.
0: Well, I I guess I have a a very brief two-part answer because I do want – I don't know if it's that we – Are supposed to be friends, or that you're just a really, really good journalist. I think it might be both, but I we've spoken for some time and I do have to go to rehearsal. Okay, so let me answer these two questions, but I will tell you.
2: Okay,
0: be friends. I think we could be friends. I know. Um, but actually, somebody's here at the door. Hello, yes, that's me. Well, give me just two seconds, please. I'm sorry. So I had somebody robbed my house last night. Oh, my God. And said that the police is here to do a, a fingerprint search. Oh I'm not kidding. Oh, my gosh. So what? I do need to go. But okay. the answer is That's this. Fine. The first concert that I was unwillingly taking took to, even though I was happy to do it, when mm-hmm. my brother took me to see Guns N' Roses in Caracas.
2: Oh, don't my remember gosh.
0: much of it, except it was, like, really wild and the whole city was there. Okay. But the first concert that was willfully I chose it, I went. And it was a big deal for me, and I nagged my parents until they finally drove me to Pomona to the Glass House. Mm-hmm. was the special. Oh! I saw the specials play, and uh, I think opening up was like the Suicide Machines and Schlepp Rock or something. Yeah. But the specials blew my mind. Uh, I was a teenager, and that was the first show that I actually went to, I chose to go to. And it changed my life to some degree Teary because whole. it was uh, yeah. like being superheroes in person. So... I am so grateful. Thank you for yes. taking the time. But there literally is a police who to the house. So I need to get some fingerprints. Yes. Dusted.
2: This must be the gig is produced by Adam Kibble. And we'd like to thank Billy Yost and The Kickback for our theme song, Rube. And buy their music at thekickbackband.com. Daniel Brater and Dean Berger for the additional sound design and the Consequence podcast network where you'll find a bunch of other amazing shows hey if you've listened this far why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too for information on new episodes be sure to follow us on facebook twitter or instagram at tmbtg pod and generally just irritate everyone you know about the show thanks again and i miss you all Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. Here's a little reminder that StubHub is the best place to score the tickets you need whenever you need them. Backed by their 100% Fan Protect guarantee, StubHub has the seats you want at the price you want to pay. And they're never sold out, so you can score tickets up to the last minute. Head to cosradio.lv StubHub. That's cosradio.lv StubHub. StubHub. And then, enjoy the show!
1: Consequence Podcast Network